The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. And we're here with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. And Ian, great time to talk to you again. Good to see you on something Radio going on. There's a lot happening. And if it, if it isn't Derek Carr going to New Orleans, where do you think a good fit for Derek Carr is? I mean, I, I, like, I do like to fit in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fact that he, as we speak right now, is in New Orleans visiting with his old friend Dennis Allen, who obviously you guys know well and he knows well. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's significant. The fact that the Saints got permission to speak with him is significant to me. Uh, it means they're serious. It means they would do a deal. Now, I don't know what Derek Carr wants. He has a no-trade clause. Obviously, he gets his say on there, um, on that. But to me, it's a really good spot. What I find fascinating is his compensation, which we agreed to with the Raiders. Now he's moving on. Is that the market for him, or you think it's a bigger or lesser market for him, that money? Yeah, I mean, it is it is interesting because yeah. I could sort of, you know, I think that would be an okay salary for mm-hmm. him. Uh, and, you know, he sort of joked about how he played this year, so I don't think it's going crazy to say he could have played a little bit better. Um, had he played to his capability, the salary would have probably been no big deal. Um, I'm fascinated by what the market will show because you know, if, if they do a trade, then I think there's no market and he lands in a fantastic spot. Either way, the Raiders are going to unload the salary, so it's, it's almost it's immaterial to them almost. Um, but I'm, if he does get free, it's going to be interesting to see because my guess is Garoppolo makes somewhere between 25 and 30. Okay. I would imagine Carr makes somewhat similar, mm-hmm. right? So if you're talking, you know, if that's the case then that's probably the same guaranteed money as he's going to get anyway. So that's why, to me, a trade has always made sense. But obviously, Derek has to want to do it because he has the no-trade clause. Ian Rappaport joins us. Knowing the Raiders, where they are in the cap and cap space, and the draft equity Dave Ziegler has, does Aaron Rodgers make sense to you, considering what they have to do rebuilding the defense with all the stars Aaron Rodgers would play with as assets and weapons on the outside? It makes sense to consider it, and I think the Raiders should, will and should. To actually do the deal, I mean, the problem is, I could say to you, I have all the reasons why it doesn't make sense, right? They, I'm not going to say they're rebuilding, but they are retooling a little bit younger. Cap situation's not great. They had a quarterback come in and play pretty good at the end of the year. So, like, I have no idea what Jared Stidham's going to be. But there were some signs that maybe he's... Maybe he's pretty good. So from a 10-win team to a 6-win team that blew five second-half big leads, double-digit leads, where do you think Josh McDaniels is more comfortable with? A C.J. Stroud at 7, moving up to get a Bryce Young, having that franchise Let me go back to answer your your first question first, right? So, you know, you could say it doesn't make sense to get Aaron Rodgers. The problem is he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And if you guaranteed any team that you could have Aaron Rodgers, then – you got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the problem is I can give you a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense, but it's still Aaron Rodgers, and you have to think about it. As far as the other question, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders do both. Okay. That's, let's say, let's just assume Rodgers doesn't happen. Let's just say that, okay? Then they have Jared Stidham, who looked good. They draft someone, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and they move forward with both, and then when whoever they draft is ready— then they play him. 
Wrapping it up with you, I want to talk about the footprint of Vegas with the trips you've been there so far to see the Raider facility, Allegiant Stadium, what Mark Davis has done to build that brand. We got a Super Bowl. You'll be there next year with us on Radio Row. Cannot what do you wait. think of the Las Vegas Raiders as a business going forward with the I NFL? I could not love it more. Great. I could not. I will ne of all the things I've had <laughs> where I've covered the NFL, and there's plenty of stories that I've had, plenty of stories I've missed, plenty of stuff I don't remember from the last 10 years. I will never forget where I was standing when I heard the rumor that Mark Davis was in Vegas um, with Sheldon Adelson, I yeah, think, at Sheldon that time. Adelson, yeah. uh, and, and I reached out to a high-ranking league source, and I'm like, isn't this ridiculous? And the response I got was, why? And I'm like, oh, my God, this actually may happen. And it was so mind-blowing that the Oakland Raiders could actually move to Vegas and the NFL could set up the footprint that they have in Vegas now. It's crazy to me. It is brilliant. It looks awesome. It is The amazing, stadium could not it? be better for the team that right, it isn't represents. It perfect? It's perfect. Um, I love where, where the Raiders are going forward. I think they're in good hands from a football sense and business sense. Uh, and I look forward to next year's Super Bowl. Last one. You're on with Pat McAfee a lot. You see FanDuel. You see DraftKings. You see the gambling aspect. If we talked about that five years ago or even longer than that, Tony Romo couldn't have his fantasy camp in Vegas, a fantasy football uh, party there. So what's going to happen going forward? How is the NFL thinking about this gambling partnership early and going forward? Well, I mean, the NFL does have gambling partnerships, yeah. and teams have gambling partnerships. Teams have opened up sports books. I would expect it only to increase, um, and I mean, there's there's a lot of interest. I think it makes it fun for people. I don't gamble myself. I'm not allowed to, um, but I do appreciate why other people like it, and I think it's only increasing. What a revenue stream. Seems to be giving a lot of money, yes. Ian, thanks for doing this. All Thank the best. You, thanks for coming on. Here on Radio Row with Chris Sims. And, and Chris, you know, before we go into the Super Bowl and everything that's going to happen this weekend, I kind of want to get your take on this. The Raiders coming off a year one with Josh McDaniels yeah. and Dave Ziegler. Moments that were really good, moments that were yeah. not so good. But from your kind of point of view, from looking at specifically the offensive side of the, side of the football, when things were going right for the Raiders, yeah. what was kind of the common denominator to that? Well, I, I think there's a lot of positives, first off, with the Raiders and where they're going. I, I'm a fan in the direction of uh, the organization right now. You know, one, when you hire Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, it's not about a now thing. You're in there for the long play. You got to let the the magic and the nuance of the New England system work a little bit, right? Their ability to find value free agents, value in the draft. That's where New England became a staple of the NFL over 20 years straight, right? So that to me is where I look at it. But I still, yeah, there was you were extremely competitive in big games, right? Against a lot of teams, lost some heartbreakers. I think that ultimately is probably part of the reason Derek Carr's not there anymore a little bit is because they went, well, our quarterback plays a little better at the end of the game, at least in my assessment. You probably win three or four of those and you're in the playoffs. But I think you laid the, laid the groundwork at least for the offensive system. Now it's about getting the pieces right within both sides of the ball. It was a 4-3 scheme, Seattle scheme. That does not fit Patrick Graham and what he wants to do on defense. And then, you know, it was John Gruden and that offensive philosophy. That's not exactly what McDaniels wants to do. So I think they're still in the process of kind of turning that part over. And, you know, for fans of the Raiders, it's going to have a quarterback change for the first time in practically a decade, right? right? So right. when you look at what Coach McDaniels likes in a quarterback, what him and Dave Ziegler really value in terms of skills and intangibles the guy in the center's got to have, what are some of those kind of skills and things that whoever the new guy is has to be able to come to the table with day one? Well, I, I think is love of the game for one, student of the game, two, right? Then the 
physical mental toughness that that coaching staff, that coaching tree expects, whether it's a Brady or going back to Bill Parcells and my dad and Phil Simms, they want a general that's going to be kind of like, yep, my fault, right? Hey, I'll be better. I'm going to lead the troops, not be a uh, cruise ship commander, but a battleship commander. That's what you want to be kind of a little bit, a cruise ship coordinator, not a battleship commander. They want a battleship commander. And I think that's what you're going to look at. And the guy that, you know, can play hey, we want an athlete, but it can play within the pocket and pull the trigger into tight windows. And, and I think that's going to, they're going to look for it. That's where, you know, again, I think a, a, a drafting of a quarterback in the top 10 is a very real option here, especially when we get back into the long play, where I think is where Mark Davis's mind is here with the Raiders and, and the, the, the current staff, that yeah, they can develop a quarterback that fits their system and mold him the way they want to where hopefully you can get some results that are similar to what you saw in New England. You know, and kind of looking at the quarterback uh, class this year, kind of in generalities, yeah, right? You know, right. it seems like there's the top three guys that everyone's talking about yeah. and then everyone after that. When you look at those top three guys, uh, what about them do you like? What about, sure. you know, what, what kind of makes you excited but also makes you say, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, none of these guys are a, yeah, a finished commodity. Yeah, I, you know, and I haven't got to study these guys yet, so I'm not going to be able to give you great sure. in-depth here. I think there's going to be a little bit more depth to this class than, than maybe people realize, I think, when we get into it. Uh, I think the other thing, too, hey, I, I mean, Bryce Young, and he's a natural, right? He has it all. Does his arm wow me? No, but he's a natural thrower. He's got lots of different arm angles. His size scares me 100%. I mean, how could it not after you've seen what happened to Tua? Size is a skill. You know, that's something that gets lost in translation right now at the quarterback position. You know, Justin Herbert can make throws with people hanging around him and in the pocket that Tua can't. Mm -hmm. He's just not because he's going to need more space. He's got to get his body into the throw and all of that. So that would worry me about him. C.J. Stroud, I think I really you know, like a lot of things about him. His size is less concerning. I don't know if he's as naturally as a gifted as a thrower as a Bryce Young or has quite the same feel as Bryce Young. But, you know, again, I haven't studied this guy. Will Levis is a good athlete. He's got size. Size is a skill for him. He does have a big arm. You know, looks a little stiff to me just off of TV scouting and all that. But that would kind of be my quick assessment of the three. But then, man, you got the kid from Florida, Richardson, who's a physical specimen. You got the uh, the, the Tennessee, Tennessee hooker, yep, right? Yep. He's, he's one to watch out for. I'm excited to evaluate the class. I really am. So I guess now shifting head to the present, right? We yeah. love talking about the future. Yeah. But this weekend, uh, the big game in town, when you look at kind of these two teams, we're talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Right. Give me something. Make me smarter, right? I always love talking to you guys to make me smarter. What's one of the battles on Sunday that might not be the flashiest, but, I, you know, if I want to be really keyed on this game and, make you know, sound smart at the bar with my buddies? Well, I, I think the, the, the to me, like, okay, so last week, right, the Eagles are better, right? Eagles, the Eagles team is about as well-constructed a roster as we've seen in recent history. There's really no weakness on the football team. Now, they're not so much better than this really good constructed team of the Chiefs to where a great quarterback can't even the scales out and this they can win that game right I would argue the 49ers a few years ago were better than the Chiefs in that Super Bowl too it's just the quarterback was the best player on the field and he overcame that you know and they weren't so less than that that quarterback wouldn't make the difference here's the thing I would look for a little nuance when the Chiefs played the Bengals I just one of my big things was the Chiefs better change coverages constantly if you think you're just going to either blitz or play cover two against Joe Burrow he's going to tear you apart Right. And in that game, they did a lot of different coverages and exotic coverages. This one, I'd go not worry so much about the coverages. You got to change the fronts of your defense more. If the Eagles start to get a feel for their lining like this up front, they're going to get to all their perfect run plays and they're going to dominate you and they're going to kick your butt. It's 
the best offensive line we've seen in 10 years in football. So to me, that's one thing you got to do. You got to change it where, oh, hey, here's a shade nose and a three technique. Here's a double three technique. Here's the bare front. If you do that, you can kind of keep them maybe a little bit out of edge as far as the group of running plays they want to get to. That would be one little nuanced thing I would look at. All right. So I'll feel smart. All right. I will we'll feel see. smart on Sunday. Yeah, I hope we'll see. I'm right. We'll see. Uh, you guys have that beautiful set behind us. What, what should people be keeping an eye out for everything you guys oh, got Oh, well, Pro Football Talk, you know, we're on Peacock, and we, we, yeah, we're, we're live right now 11 to 1 every day, Easter, 11 to 1 Easter, or 11 to 1 Mountain. Uh, it is confusing right now that 1 we're in Mountain. 1 to 3 right. Eastern. That's how we're doing it. But we got guests all day. We're putting stuff on our NBC YouTube page. And, yeah, we're just uh, like you guys, just enjoying the show and all the, the personalities around. Absolutely. Chris Sims, appreciate you hanging out, man. Anytime, man. Be good. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.